Well, good morning, Sun Valley Church. Welcome back to the Voice of the Valley. I'm Jeremy Pinch, and across the table, I have Pastor John Schubert. John, it's good to see you. Thank you. Yeah, it's been a while since you've been in the uh, the old room, in the old podcast room. Yeah, I get very few invitations anymore. Yeah, well, it's because you're be a part of this. You're so busy, and and you oh. know, your schedule is so. Yeah. Well. You don't have. We, we have a confessional booth you can go to about that <laughs> little white lie you just told, but you, that's you, all right. You don't have enough, you know, room for the lowly serfs on the. the <laughs> yeah, the you know how important I am, right? It's so <laughs> just so overwhelmingly important. I just don't have time for. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just. Uh, I mean, you, you and Rick have been doing a great job, and you know, it's it's good to see you guys going for it in here. Yeah. And, Answering questions and shooting uh, from the hips. What's that? Shooting from the hips. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, good. So, so we, no, but I'm happy to be here. Yeah, well, I figured you know you coming back. We'll talk about Judas. That will be the, you know, your your return back to the podcast would be about yep. Judas. So yep. <laughs> Hope you don't associate me with Judas, but <laughs> that's what you wanted to talk about, Jeremy. So I said, sure, let's go talk about Judas. No, John, this came up because uh, you had somebody you had somebody come up. After your sermon on Sunday, um, you know, obviously you were you were preaching on the, the choosing of the twelve disciples. Yes, and uh, somebody came up to you and, and asked you about, you know, well, what, you know, what do we what do we do about Judas? Yeah. Um, so this is this is where this this podcast is stemming from. Um, so I want to start by looking at at the actual accounts of Judas being chosen. Um, so in, in Matthew, in Matthew's account of Judas being chosen, it says, uh, and Judas who betrayed him. Uh, and then in Mark's account, as we, as we read on Sunday, or as you taught from on Sunday, uh, it says something similar. It says, and Judas who betrayed him. Um, and every account that, that mentions Judas, like you said on Sunday, he's, he's always last. And it always has this, and he betrayed him. Mm-hmm. So that's a bad uh, moniker. Yeah, you don't want that being right. tied to your name. Um, anyways, in Luke's account, though, it has a different approach, or he has a different approach. He says, and Judas, who became a traitor. Mm-hmm. Um, is this slight, this slight variation uh, makes it seem like Judas wasn't always a traitor. Mm-hmm. Is that the case? What what's what's happening here as Jesus chooses the twelve? Is Judas a traitor already from the beginning, going forward? Well, um, well, I, I think the the question uh, the answer is to that question is, of course, he wasn't always a traitor. You you, you act of of uh, betrayal. You're you're becoming a traitor is because you do something. Right, sure. In in any setting, so sure. there's been a lot of traitors to this country throughout American history, mm-hmm. right? But up until the time they became traitors, they weren't traitors. They were American citizens. Um, they were diplomats. They were politicians. They were military men. Yeah. But something happened. Um, they were offered money or offered something attractive enough to convince them to become a traitor, and so sure. they did. And the, the same is here. Judas, of course, wasn't always a traitor, but the difference with Judas is, is that Jesus knew, always knew, he was going to be a traitor. Sure. sure. So that's the difference yeah. between the examples in, in oral history of traitors 
and Judas. The, the difference with Judas is that no one besides Jesus knew that he would be a traitor. So was he always a traitor? Well, yes and no. No, because he didn't, he didn't, you know, betray Jesus yeah. until yeah. it happened. Up until that point, he wasn't a traitor in the minds of the other 11 disciples. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. But Jesus always knew. It says so in John 6, 68 through 71. I can read that for you if you'd like. Sure. So it's 68 and 69. Um, G, uh, Peter is confirming the identity of Christ. Um, um, do you want to go away as well? Right? Jesus asked Peter, Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You you only have the words of eternal life, and we believe that you have and come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Verse 70, Jesus answered them, Did I not choose you, the twelve, and yet one of you is a devil? Hmm. So he said, basically, I knew when I chose you that there would be one devil amongst us. Yeah. He spoke of Judas, in case you don't believe that he was actually thinking of Judas at that time. The Holy Spirit here in verse 71 says, he spoke of Judas. <laughs> he was thinking of Judas. Mm-hmm. And this was mm-hmm. in the middle of the three-year ministry. He knew up front. Yeah. Jesus did. So in Jesus' mind, yeah, Judas was a traitor. What's, I think, more significant than whether or not everybody else saw him that way was how Jesus continued to love him, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. though he knew yeah. that that was happening. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he he washed Judas' feet yeah. in the upper room the night before he was killed. Yeah, well, and as you mentioned on on Sunday, he spent all night praying for him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I think he I think he knew. Uh, and and you get to Acts chapter one. You if you jump forward there, you'll see in verse sixteen and seventeen that <clears throat> evidently it was prophesied. Mm-hmm. that Judas would betray. Because I know that's a question that some people have. Well, do we know this was going to happen? And this is what Peter said. Brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. Mm-hmm. For he was numbered among us and was allotted his share in this ministry. So Peter said, the prophet David prophesied that Judas would betray Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Jesus obviously knew it. It wasn't as clear to the disciples, obviously, because they were saying, is it me? Is it me? Is it me? Is it me? Yeah. yeah. But uh, no, I, I, I think that um, Judas wasn't always a traitor in his mind, but God knows beginning from end. Mm-hmm. Jesus knows. Jesus knew. Jesus knew when he chose him. Sure. This is the guy. Sure. Who's going to betray me to my enemies? Sure. And there's obvious reason for that, right, Jeremy? There, in order for the cross to happen, there had to be a betrayer, right? So, yeah, yeah. And it's it, it, when we look into the account of the betrayal when it actually takes place. Mm-hmm. You know, I love I love at the end of of um, you know when Jesus washes their feet, then he. Then he says, you know, one of you is going to betray me. And they start questioning and whatnot. Yeah, John 13. Yeah. And, and we'll, we'll dive into that passage in a second. I love how they he finishes that section. And it was dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
He went out and, and it was dark. He went out and yeah. it was dark. And, yeah. and I remember when you preached on that, yeah. you know, way back when it was like, yeah. and you said something along the lines of like, that's the state of his soul at yeah. that moment. Yeah. Satan entered into him yep. and it was dark. Yeah. Oh yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And then thinking about in, in the garden when Jesus is saying, you know, I was, I was in the temple, I was out in the open and you didn't take me then. Yeah. But now we're here in the what dark. Gives in yeah. the dark. Yeah. Yeah. Under the cover of dark. You've done this. Yeah. 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 Ugh. Yeah. So so thinking about, you know, after they're chosen, Jesus sends them out to, you know, preach and do all these things. Yeah. Um during the three year ministry. Yeah. 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 Did did Judas did Judas have the same power and authority as Peter, James, John, and the rest of the disciples? In other words, could could he cast out demons? Could he heal? Could he preach? Was was I mean? Did he have the same power as those guys? It doesn't say, but we assume so. It doesn't okay. say he didn't. And he set out, you know, the seventy-two. Sure, Judas was one of them. Yeah. So we we have to assume so because he sent him out. Now, whether he preached or cast out, we don't know. Did all of them? We don't know. Yeah. Uh, it would be kind of odd for Judas to preach and to cast out demons when, in fact, he never really knew Christ. He he really had was never. In Christ, mm. in the sense of being saved, yeah. So, um, if if Judas did cast out demons as the other apostles did, uh, the demons didn't know it either. And it seems that um, they didn't know that he was going to be be a betrayer. Yeah. In other words, they, yeah. the demons that if he was if he was casting out demons. The demons didn't know that Judas was going to be the guy, the betrayer, because when you get to the, the book of Acts, um, demons called out pretenders. Yeah. yeah. Remember? Yeah. The sons of Sceva? Yeah. So they have a, a, a story in the book of Acts where the sons of Sceva come along and, and try to cast out a demon, and the demons answered them mm-hmm. and said, we know Jesus, mm-hmm. and we know about Paul. But who in the blankety blank are you? <laughs> and then it says they beat them bloody. Yeah. So uh, the, this one demon beat the sons of Sceva bloody. Mm-hmm. He, he overpowered seven of them mm-hmm. and pounded them, literally, physically mm-hmm. pounded them. So that didn't happen here. So evidently, Satan and his demons didn't know mm-hmm. that it was going to be particularly Judas, mm-hmm. which I think is... Interesting, not necessarily earth shattering, but interesting to to note. Sure, yeah. So think so thinking about that, John. Um, you know, you've you've mentioned throughout this this study through the Book of Mark how Jesus would silence the demons when they would cry out. You know, you are the Son of God, mm-hmm. and Jesus would silence them. Um, why would why would Jesus send out Judas knowing that he he was going to be betraying him? And acting as an agent of, of Satan. Well, there's a few things. Judas wasn't a demon. Sure. Right? Uh, the people that he was ministering to, even though it was a faux ministry, uh, Jesus, Judas wasn't a demon. Mm-hmm. He was a human. He, he, he came across as a disciple of Christ. Mm-hmm. So there's an obvious reason. The identity of demons was clear and obvious when jesus threw out a demon everybody knew it was an evil spirit Mm -hmm. and when they started shouting the true identity of jesus uh jesus shut them down 
and shut them up because it was obvious they were demonic. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the case with Judas. He came across as one of the boys. Right. You know, there were some there were some questions that you know we find out later um, in the Gospels and in Acts that some of the disciples had some questions about Judas. Sure. Um, just because of the way he handled money. Sure. But for the masses, they wouldn't have known. So there was no real need to not allow Judas to participate. Mm. I mean, Jesus obviously knew he was uh, um, a phony. Right. But right. no one else did. And, and uh, you know... There's so much unknown about Judas regarding what level of ministry he had with the disciples before he was entered by Satan. Um, so I think I think that that it's it's hard to be dogmatic on on some of these things. Sure, but that that would be my answer. Why did Jesus allow Judas to um, speak of him when he didn't allow the demons? And again, you got to wonder what, in fact, did the disciples even say or know about Jesus at this point? Mm -hmm. Were they saying publicly, Jesus is the Son of God, the promised Messiah? Doesn't say they did. Sure. Instead, they went out and preached and healed and, you know, cast out demons. They didn't. Doesn't record them saying, hey, Jesus is the Son of God. Peter's answer was definitive. Yeah. When, but that was a private conversation. Peter was not preaching that from the street corner. Mm. So, yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, certainly. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. So I think this comes down to the to I th- the question that inevitably comes up with with what was preached on Sunday the the irresistible grace the call of of Christ on your life you know as Jesus the specific call the specific call right yeah. the specific call of of Christ on your life um and you know Jesus chose the 12 apostles mm-hmm. so how does irresistible grace and Judas come into play what how does this work out well the best way to answer that question is by asking you some questions, Jeremy. Okay, you ready to answer some questions? I wasn't planning on it. But okay, but you're ready. You're always ready, right? <laughs> you're born ready. Uh, if someone receives the specific call of God, which is the efficacious call, Romans 8, mm-hmm. and many other places, but Romans 8, if you're called, you're justified. If you're justified, you're glorified. Mm-hmm. Right? That's the efficacious call. If someone receives that specific efficacious call of God, what happens? They come. And they're saved. And they're saved. They come and they're saved. Yeah. Okay, good. If someone receives the general call of God, what happens? The non-efficacious, the general call, the plea, come unto me all you who are weary and heavy laden and I'll give you rest. What happens when that call goes out? The general call. They don't come. Maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah, Most of either. them don't. Yeah. I mean, if gospel history is correct, I mean, that three-year period, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, yeah. Jesus ended his ministry with a maximum of 120 followers. And millions heard his call. Mm-hmm. So it's not efficacious. Mm-hmm. It doesn't save the general call. It only saves <laughs> if it's a specific call. Yeah. So there's a distinction there, obviously, right? Yeah. 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 
Um, if someone has received the specific call, it comes from the Holy Spirit. That's got. That's the only answer. Mm-hmm. If 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 the Holy Spirit calls someone to salvation by grace through faith, does that person slip back out of a relationship with God? No, it's impossible. No, God ordained it from eternity past. Yeah. It the call comes in time, and results in according to Romans eight twenty nine thirty glorification, mm-hmm. sanctification, glorification, justification, sanctification, glorification. Yep. Yeah. That is a must yep. because it's specific yep. and efficacious. So since, in other words, I guess I could say that if God began the relationship, it will never end. Mm-hmm. Philippians 1, 6, he who began a good work in you will complete it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's verses around the scriptures that, you know, we need to keep in view. I have a couple here, John 6, for example. John 6, verse 40, uh, Jesus says to his disciple, or those who are in the crowd here, um, let me get there, John 6, verse 40, um, for this is the will of my Father that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up in the day, that last day. So if you believe, you'll have eternal life, right? If he believes on him, should have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Mm-hmm. So if you are called by God and you receive that specific efficacious call, that means you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, initiated by the Holy Spirit, and will have eternal life. Mm-hmm. Then you turn over to chapter 10 in John, and we discover something else that's important. My Father who has given them to me, that is the gift, the Father who's given these gift of sheep to me is greater than all, and no one can snatch them out of the Father's hand. Mm. So if you've received that specific efficacious call, there's no slipping. There's no falling away. You may not be on cloud nine your entire spiritual life and just victory in Jesus and without struggle and trial and maybe seasons of coolness sure but you're not slipping out of the father's hand you're not falling away from christ so as it relates to judas that answers our question Mm -hmm. did judas receive the efficacious specific call from the holy spirit well let's work backwards did he remain in christ i'm gonna say no on that one yeah yeah which means he never received the efficacious call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think it's important too to you know you you mentioned this this earlier this idea that that he was chosen uh, in a sense as a disciple for a specific purpose. Yep, by God's sovereign design. By God's sovereign design to accomplish Calvary. Yeah, yeah. Dave, the same way he same way he chose everybody else involved in that right. plot. Right. Acts two and right. Acts four. Yep. It says according to your predetermined plan yeah. you use Pilate, Herod and the Jews and some Gentiles yeah. to accomplish this very thing by your hands yeah 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 <laughs> yeah you know some have written a book and it sounds egregious but I, I, I've I've read parts of it and it says God killed Jesus yeah. <laughs> and that's true mm-hmm. he used means mm-hmm. but it was in God's plan 
to put to death his son. It was the will of the Lord to crush him. Yeah, he, Isaiah 53. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Psalm Psalm so Psalm 41 verse 9. Um this is this is the the prophet David. Yeah. That's speaking of it. He says even my close friend whom I trusted who ate, who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. Right. So he, there's the prophecy. There's the prophecy that Peter was talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard I've heard the argument of, you know, um usually coming down to the perseverance of the saints. You know, if if God chose Judas, if he elected Judas, you know, this is this is the argument. If God elected Judas, then then he would have persevered to the end. But because Judas didn't persevere to the end, therefore God Right. So God called Judas not with an efficacious call, but with a general right. call to right. which he responded not efficaciously in terms of his salvation. Right. But to fulfill a specific sovereign design of God. Yeah. So when the call went out of the crowd from the mountain in Mark 3 that we studied last Sunday, he called 12. There were 11 efficacious calls, yep. one general call. Yeah. Actually, 12 general calls, and 11 of those were efficacious, right. specific. Right. Judas never embraced Christ as his Lord and Savior. Yeah. It's obvious. And he had three years to watch him do everything. Yeah, that's the scary part. Yeah, I think if anybody had a grasp of Jesus and his identity, it would have been Judas. Yeah, but he did not believe. Yeah, I mean, I just uh, it's hard not to when you get to that that Last Supper with Judas, and here you have Jesus washing your feet, washing your dirty, stinky feet, and then you get to sit at the you know the best seat in the table with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And you're you're sitting here going, okay, I'm about to go do what I'm about to go do. I mean Yeah, between 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 the foot washing and his departure though, it said Satan entered him. Yeah. So something changed. Oh certainly, yeah. Radically at right. that between those two points. Right. But again, as he walked out of that room, yeah. to the religious leaders who were expecting him, I can't imagine what he was going through. Yeah. Yeah. This guy whom I'm about to betray just demonstrated his love for me. Right. You know, John, we were just talking about this last week. You know, we, we, we heard the news about somebody um, passing away because they, you know, they committed suicide. Um, and just, we were talking about, you know, the, just the amount of darkness that's surrounding that person at that moment Mm -hmm. um and thinking about thinking about this situation now judas's situation just how how dark and satanic that moments those moments are yeah oh man going to the pharisees and betraying an innocent man which is why he felt so horrible afterwards and threw the money back at them right and went and hung himself yeah yeah he he was he was overwhelmed with bitterness and regret yeah. and who knows what else yeah yeah and then he he goes and hangs himself yeah goes and commits suicide yeah 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 wow. so you know john as we as we're looking at the last supper here um uh none of the disciples thought that judas was going to be the guy you know they they as G- jesus says one of you will betray me um 
they're they're all questioning is it me is it me is it who? me yeah who but they're they're not thinking judas so i'm going to read to you from from john 13 just the details of what's going on okay so after these things jesus was troubled in his spirit and testified truly truly i say to you one of you will betray me the disciples looked at one another uncertain of whom he spoke one of his disciples, whom Jesus loved, was reclining at table at Jesus' side. So Simon Peter motioned to him to ask Jesus of whom he was speaking. So that disciple, leaning back against Jesus, said to him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, Is it he? It is he to whom I will give this morsel of bread when I have dipped it. So there's that, you know, Psalm 41 there. So when he had dipped the morsel, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. Then after he had taken the morsel, Satan entered into him. Jesus said to him, What you are going to do, do quickly. Now, no one at the table knew why he said this to him. Some thought that because Judas was, had the money bag, Jesus was telling him to buy what we need for the feast, or that he should give something to the poor. So after receiving the morsel of bread, he immediately went out, and it was night. Mm-hmm. So thinking about, you know, even after Jesus said, after I dip this bread and give it to the person, that's that's who's going to betray me. The guys are still like, okay, who is it, Jesus? You know, I, I just told you. Yeah. <laughs> I literally just showed you. Um, so, you know, Judas, Judas had the facade of piety throughout his ministry. Um, he walked with Jesus day and night for the last three years, and people thought he was he was pretty religious. So, what does this moment in the life of Judas teach us personally uh, in the church? Well, I want to be careful here, but uh, because if we have this specific call, this efficacious call, we're on sure footing, right? Right? Judas never was, and. You know, the disciples, um, after the events of that night, that week, and then even in the following months up to Pentecost, when after that they started writing the New Testament, right? And remembering their experiences with Christ, Luke secondhand, Mark secondhand, but Matthew and John firsthand trying to make sense of Judas and asking mm-hmm. the same kind of questions we are. Mm-hmm. And then they're, and they're writing this gospel. Mark, Mark probably getting his information from Peter and Luke. Um, Luke getting his information from the disciples, the first disciples. Mm-hmm. Make, trying to make sense of this. What, what was going on with Judas? And if you recall, they said... And Judas, who used to regularly help himself to the money bags, yeah. mm-hmm. they're trying to make sense of this. They're going, well, actually, after we think about it a little bit, something was off. Mm-hmm. Something wasn't right. He was stealing from the money that people gave us to support the ministry of Christ. He was stealing from that for his own good. So there's one. Th- there's that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that that gives us some idea that. He was never really with us. Mm-hmm. He always had an agenda, you know, a, a personal uh, promotion, a personal enrichment mm-hmm. agenda. So that has to be part of our thinking as we answer a question that you just asked. You know, 
Was he as pious as he came across initially? No. Of course not. Mm-hmm. He had an agenda. Mm-hmm. It was it was personal and he he wanted to to improve himself yeah. in terms of his status and wealth. Yeah. He was helping himself regularly to the money bags that he was he was the the group treasurer. And so he just helped himself to money there whenever he wanted to. But um, in more detail, you know, what does this warn us about? And again, this is where I want to be particularly careful. I don't want people wondering whether or not they're going to betray Christ. If you've embraced Christ, if you are following him and measuring your life against Christ and and participating in the church and you have all the signs of embracing Christ, have of having the efficacious specific call, then, you know, I think it's unhealthy to sit around and say, well, you know, I could betray Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, I suppose, but that's an unhealthy way to approach the Christian life. Mm-hmm. Why don't you think about making much of Christ mm-hmm. instead of betraying him? <laughs> you know, live out your your faith. Walk in a manner worthy of the gospel. You know, making sure that your call is efficacious and specific is simply obedience. Mm-hmm. Make your election and calling sure, Peter said. How? By obeying, by participating in the church, by by submitting yourself to Christ. That's how. You want to avoid being a betrayer, being someone who who lives their whole life as a supposed Christian and then discovering at the judgment seat that you're actually not, here's how. Obey. Mm-hmm. Follow Christ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? That's how. You, you don't... I, I And the reason I'm a little bit passionate about this is because I, when I was a younger Christian, really worried about that. Sure. What if I wake up after I die and and I'm hearing Jesus say, I never knew you. Depart yeah. from me. Yeah. I can't imagine a worse fate when we've had so much opportunity to respond to the gospel and I'm pretending this whole time. Oh, Lord, spare me. But that's not the way to pursue assurance of salvation. The way you, you make yourself, make your calling and election sure, Peter said, is by simply following Christ daily. Yep. Get up. And honor Christ with your relationship with your kids and your spouse. Open his word. Pray. Participate in the body. Give, serve, love. And guess what? Through the faithfulness of God and the presence of the Holy Spirit, when you die, you will see Jesus embracing you. That's how. Yeah. Yeah, that's a... But it's a scary... You know, certainly thing to have that question posed. Yeah, I that that ran through my mind as I was writing this question down. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. Yeah, Lord, yeah. is it me? Yeah, <laughs> oh right. baby. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's that's why we that's why we celebrate Good Friday, right? Like that's you know the darkness of of Good Friday brings us hope because well, that's why we celebrate the Lord's Supper. Yeah, right. every single month. Right. It's, yeah, 
all of it above, Jeremy. It's yeah. exactly right. Well, it kind of leads to our our next question here is is in Deuteronomy twenty one twenty two through twenty three, uh, it says, and if a man has committed a crime punishable by death, and he is put to death, and you hang him on a tree, his body shall not remain all night on the tree, but you shall bury him the same day. For a hanged man is a cur- is cursed by God. You shall not defile your land that the Lord your God is giving you for an inheritance. Okay, so a cursed, a hanged man is cursed by God. Well, on that, on that Good Friday, two people were hung. Well, four people were hung on a tree. Um, Jesus, the two, the two robbers, and then Judas. Hmm. Um, of course, Jesus, Judas wasn't crucified. Just to be clear, yeah. he was hanging from a rope in yeah. a tree. Yeah. 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 So w- given those two pictures, Jesus hung on a tree, mm-hmm. was made a curse for us, as Galatians 3 says. Jesus. Jesus. Not Judas. Not Judas. Okay. So Jesus is hung on a cross and Judas is hung on a tree. I mean, it, given this whole conversation that we have, um, you know, how, how does this propel us forward in our Christian walk? You know, what's the difference how to, and how does this guide us in, in, our, in um, our walk? Well, like you say here, Jeremy, in Galatians 3.13, uh, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For as is written, curses everyone who's hanged on a tree. Mm-hmm. He became a curse for us. He took our sin and nailed it to the tree, Colossians 2.14. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything that was written against us in the law, all the sins that we've committed, past, present, and future, were nailed to the cross of Christ with Christ Jesus, who became a curse for us. Mm-hmm. As you know, as we preach, uh, Jesus died for our sin. Uh, his death uh, brings us life. Uh, Judas's death is what awaits in an eternal sense for those who reject Jesus. Mm-hmm. Judas, Judas's uh, end is um, exacerbated a millionfold by what he woke up to. Mm. You know, Jesus's death, on the other hand, brings life mm. and peace and forgiveness and literally eternal life with Christ. It's a completely different view. Mm. And of course, um, Judas's death is sad, horrific, uh, discouraging, but it is the end of all who reject the cross of Calvary, the Christ of that cross of Calvary. And I think that's one of the points that is made there, you know, when they record. Judas going out and hanging himself, and Jesus, Jesus being hung for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's sobering. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. so important, so encouraging. Yeah, to uh, realize that that Jesus took all of our sin. Yeah, and in one fell swoop, you know, paid the penalty that I owe. Mm. Yeah, never to be brought up again. Yeah, that's awesome. 
Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. He who knew no sin became sin for us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, church, we hope that you take great comfort in the the efficacious call that has been placed upon your life. And if you don't uh, know Christ, here's the call. Come to him and be saved. That's the general call. That's the general call. We love you. We look forward to being with you on Sunday and next week on The Voice of Valley. Have a great day.